day. I don't know what's up um, with myself. Um, been a little bit under the weather. Normally, I don't sit down like this. Normally, I'm like standing up. Um, I, I'm not at full capacity right now. Um, last night, I think I had like a fever. Was up throughout the night. Stomach issues. Um, and um, in fact, not just myself, but several of our team members too uh, um, that have been sick. Um, Last couple days or last night, uh, either vomiting or flu or something going on. And so we're a little bit uh, discoordinated a little bit today, but we're good. Um, I, I'm believing that through God, um, that when, when God wants to do something special through a group of people, that the enemy is always going to be under attack or you're going to be under attack by the enemy. But... You know, the enemy, the devil is real. It's a very, very real thing. And as you're doing God's will, the enemy will always try to attack, attack um, what God wants to do in his church and through his people. But I tell you this today, that greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. That God is in control. That God is my strength. God is my power. God is my source. Anybody hear that this morning? If you believe that, man, just give God some praise this morning. Um, you know, so even though um, I'm a little bit under the weather, I might not be as crazy today as I normally am um, and might be a little bit sitting down. But I, I know that some of you came to receive from God and whatever stage of life that you're in, I believe that God, he's under control. He knows what's going on in your situation and God is ready to move in your situation today. Um, if you have your Bibles, Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. Today we're reading in chapter 2 and, in, and um, also through chapter 3. It's your first time, if it's your first time visiting us, um, we actually, we go through the entire book of the Bible uh, or a book of the Bible. So we've chosen the book of Mark and we've gone through chapter by chapter, verse by verse. I tell, you, I tell people like this, it's like a big story. It's like a season of, a, of your favorite TV show. That's how the Bible I could describe. It's like the whole thing. And so it's best pieced together when you, when you watch episode by episode. You know, it's like you're not going to skip forward on, on Lost. You're not going to skip forward on Walking Dead. You're not going to skip forward on any other TV show. Think your favorite TV show. No, you're going you're gonna to stick one by one, episode by episode. And that's how the Bible really is unravels. Because as it unravels, you start seeing what God is wanting to do through his people and what he's doing and what he came to do on this earth. And so Mark chapter 2, verse 23, we'll start like this. It says, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you ever read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave to his, some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a withered hand, we're going to go to chapter 3 now, verse 1, so flip the page. A man with a withered hand, a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, 
So they walked him, they watched him closely to see if he could he would heal on him on a Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked him, What is lawful on a Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To live life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. Said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out. And his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. I, I know we read a lot of verse and some things that we got want to unravel this morning. But if you're taking notes, um, I, I want to entitle this message is, Your Rules Don't Work. Your Rules Don't Work. Uh, as we enter into this passage, we're seeing this dialogue between the Pharisees who are the teachers of the law, Jesus. Has anybody ever, um, anybody just, like, for me, I, I just hate religion. And it might sound weird coming from a pastor, but I believe that when, if you're new to church, and, and I believe one of the most important things you can grasp as when coming to church is that church is not about religion. It's about a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Anybody believe that this morning? That, that religion, what happens is, is that the church, God established the church. God called people to use the church. God made it. But what happens is when we create this organized religion, and there's nothing wrong with organization. But what happens is when it becomes our motivations become more about religion than it is about having an eternal relationship with the Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ came to this earth 2,000 years ago ago to establish a relationship with the one who was lost. He came after the one. He came. He lives the 99 sheep to go after the one to establish a relationship with us. That is the God that I serve. He wants relationship with you. It's not about what you do. It's not about what you look like. It's not about what, how, what you wear. I want to tell you it's about relationship. And what kills people in the church, can I tell you, people do not want to come to church because of religion. Has anybody been hurt by the church before? Be real. No, we can be real at this church. I, I mean, I, I just, I, I've been hurt by church. I've been hurt by people in the church. And, and, and I speak to a lot of people that says, you know what, man, I, I don't know about church. Can I tell you, there's never going to be a perfect church. There's never going to be perfect people or a perfect pastor. And, and I, I, I'm a witness to that. There's a perfect God that all of us come together and we depend on him for our spiritual needs. See, religion is about rules. God's relationship is about grace. Religion says that God is angry when you sin and looking for all the wrong things you do. Grace says God is training you to use your freedom to love yourself and others. Religion says your salvation is always in question. Grace says you know that God's love won't let you go. Religion says judges, it judges and condemns yourself and others. Grace says, I love and accept you while helping others to grow. Religion says it's about punishment. Grace relationship is about restoration. Religion is about finding reasons to divide. Grace and relationship is about knowing that we are one. Religion. Deadly, and it hurts churches all over the place. And what happens is, is religion happens is when we put a stipulations to, to God's grace that didn't belong there in the first place. That's literally what it was, that, that's really what it is all about. 
When we enter into the story, we find Jesus and, and the Pharisees. His disciples went and they picked out grain one day. The Sabbath, that was the day of rest that, that the Jews believed in. That was the day of rest. Whenever God created the world in the book of Genesis, on each day he created different things. But on the seventh day, he established into order that says God rested. Now, God didn't need rest, but he established something for us to get some rest. And so it's good to have a Sabbath. It's good to have a, a day of rest. If you don't rest, I, 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 and just on a practical scale, you, you can get sick. You can, a lot of things can happen. Uh, how many of you know you need some more rest sometimes? You know, like, man, I, you need some days where you can sleep in. Um, I, I'll tell you this morning, last night after being up and, 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 and I was wasted, I was tired this morning, um, and I was like, I need a rest, and I was like, oh, I'm the pastor, okay, I got to remember to come, you know, but uh, so I got here at 7 in the morning, um, but it's important to rest, even myself, and, and, and finding time to rest, and so what happens is that God established rest for people, and he established a Sabbath people, but what happens is that the religious leaders, what they would do is they would take uh, what God had established, a law, and add a couple more stipulations to it. They would add a couple more rules to it. They would add a couple more little things you got to do, a little check marks you have to check off. You had all this stuff you had to do in order to not fulfill or to not be good enough at the end. Can I tell you, Jesus is saying today that your rules don't work anymore. He's telling the Pharisees, that's no longer, that, that's the way it's going to happen. It's not longer the way it's going to happen. See, this is what happened with Jesus. Every single time they questioned him when Jesus wanted to heal, when Jesus wanted to transform, he, when he was speaking, they questioned what he was doing and his motivations. We see in chapter 1 of Mark that he spoke with authority, spoke differently. He touched the unclean as well, and he healed a leper. We see in chapter 2 at the beginning, he heals a paralytic, and he says, your sons are forgiven. He tells them there's something different. I'm about to change your life drastically. And what Jesus does, he does something different, and he hangs out with different people because he calls Levi, who's a tax collector, and they were astonished because he was eating with tax collectors and sinners, the Bible says. Jesus came to fulfill the law in every possible way, and he came and changed everything because he, his grace is sufficient for us. That's Jesus. And they wanted to observe a Sabbath. You know, to this day, what would happen is that Jews established rules and regulations where they took a day where God said rest. But they took it a step further and added their own rules and says, well, you can't do this. If you're hungry, you can't pick food. If you're hungry, you can't cook anything. You have to, you have to rest. And, and they will continually make all these other rules and all these other stipulations to what God hadn't said that was there. It's a problem. I had a friend of mine, or not a friend, but a, a professor of mine from college. Um, uh, he, he's a Christian uh, Bible college professor now, but growing up, he grew up as a Jew, as a Jew. He was Jewish, and, and he grew up Jewish, and, he, and very strict Jewish. Um, he didn't believe in Jesus, very strict Jewish. And they observed the Sabbath. And so much so that, that they were very picky about all the rules. I remember him telling us one time that, that, they, that if they wanted to watch TV on Sunday, the day of rest, they would have to turn the TV on the day before. Like that, that, that was the rule. Like, yeah. 
But it gets even more ridiculous than that. Like, like, and they could change the channels back when, you know, you, before you had remote controls, you, had, you actually had to go over there and turn the little knob. And Anybody remember that? I remember having one of those back in the day. And, and, and you have, you're, you're, you, you could change the channels according to their law, but you couldn't turn on TV. So if you want to watch the game, you want to watch the big game on Sunday, you have to turn on the TV the night before. But what happened one time is that, that he said that they let the TV on overnight, and then some, some little kid came, and what did he do? He saw the TV on. He turned the TV off. And they were so frustrated because they couldn't watch the game. They, because they couldn't watch the game because their rule, their law, said they couldn't touch the TV or they couldn't turn it on. There were stipulations, rules, and laws. It gets even more ridiculous than that. One of the things that um, when some of these people, they believe is like, can't even pick up the phone and answer the phone if someone calls. Like, man, imagine that. So he said that when he was younger, he was a teenager at, at church. He was at the synagogue one Sunday, and all of a sudden, the phone began to ring. Now, most people know, like, man, why would you call a synagogue on a Sunday? No one's going to pick up the phone. So the phone kept on ringing and ringing and ringing. So then all the leaders, the religious leaders right there, the, the, the teachers, they were like, okay, somebody's calling. Maybe, maybe it's an emergency. So they selected my professor as a teenager and said, well, we're going to choose you because you're kind of like the weaker of everyone else. You're not worthy than everyone else. We're going to choose you to answer the phone because, you know, if you fall, it's all right. We're holy over here. And so he picks up the phone. Turns out it was a wrong number. <laughs> Now, these are just a couple of examples of what happens. This is what happens when we follow religion. Now, this is just an example of one. But imagine other things that happen is that the, these people are, are observing a Sabbath and God said to rest. And, and I believe, can I tell you, the first thing I want to tell you today is that God is concerned with your rest. He's concerned with your rest. He wants you to get rest. He wants you to be, 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 be not so tired. Because God said, come to me all who are tired and weary and I will give you rest. He's here to give you rest. He's here to change your life. And some of us are coming, we're tired and we're broken and we're hurting and we've been through some stuff all week. And can I tell you, Sunday when we come, it's a, it's a day where we're not necessarily working. No, we're resting in God's presence. We're resting in God's anointing. We're resting here. Because God is in this place. So when we come on Sunday, it's a day where we come and everything that happened during the week, we come and rest in his presence. We rest in who he is and what he's done in our life. Some of us need rest. I'll be honest with you. I need rest. I'll be honest. I'll be straight up honest with you today. Like, uh, I, I, I haven't been able to sleep well. Um, I have a, a couple events coming up and um, different things happening in my life. But that's the problem with us today, that we don't learn how to rest. We have all these obligations. We have work and overtime and more work and side job and side hustle. And we try to do this. And we have family engagements and, and friends engagements. And we have church and ministry. And we have a lot of different things that we don't know how to rest. Can I tell you that God is concerned with your rest? That God is telling you today that, that there's moments where you rest. Some of you people don't want to go to church because they're so tired. Coming to church is supposed to be re-energizing of you. This is supposed to come and bring you more of what God has for your life. Some of us, we live life so tired. Can I tell you that 
Jesus sees your tiredness. Jesus sees your fight, your battle, your long nights, nights where you're weeping and crying, nights where you're hurting. And God says, I will give you rest. I'll give you something better. I'm concerned with what's going on in your life. And he says here, he says, they, they, they were here. And he says, have you read ever that David did and, and his companions were hungry in need? He says, in the days of the high priest, he entered the house of God and he ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful. He said, see, David broke the rules, the tradition for just a moment because they were hungry. Can I tell you, God is concerned with your hunger. Whatever you're hungry with, whatever you're thirsty with, God says, you don't have to thirst anymore. You don't have to be hungry anymore because I will satisfy your every need. I will satisfy you and all everything you need. I am your provider. Anybody believe that today? He says they broke the rules. Be fed. He says to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. For the Son of Man is, even, is Lord even of the Sabbath. God is saying, I'm controlling this whole thing, this whole day. There's another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he could heal, if he would heal him on the Sabbath. These people were watching him closely. Imagine this. Jesus is here, and these, these people, these religious leaders, again, religion, they're watching him of what he does or does not do. Last week we talked about people that were watching and observing that his disciples were not fasting. John's disciples were fasting. The Pharisees were fasting. But they were observing about Jesus, his disciples. They were picking apart everything Jesus did or did not do. Oh, Jesus hang out with sinners. Jesus hang out with tax collectors. Jesus was doing this. More worried about that than celebrating what God wanted to do. Can I tell you that many times the thing that prohibits us from seeing a healing and a move of God, it's our own tradition, our own values that we hold, or some of our belief systems, some of the things that are happening in our life, our mentalities, things that need to change. And God is wanting to say today, I want to break it. I want to mold something new. I want to pour something in you into the city, into this place. And can you break your tradition for just a moment? Because God is going to do something different in this place. Can I I tell you that God's going to do new things in his place and he's going to bring people from all types of walks of life, every color, every skin tone, everyone, every language. God is going to bring people. They might not look like you and me, but so God be the glory because God is in control and God is the one who gets all the glory. Can I believe today? There will be a church that's different, that these people were just so preoccupied. And this man has a shriveled hand. His man, I, I can't imagine his hand, maybe it's paralyzed or, or it's, it's, it's weak. He has a weak hand and is not able to move it. It feels like it's broken. And yet these men would rather him suffer than get saved. We would rather see people suffer than get saved. I don't know who this word is for, but I think a lot of times what happens is that a lot of our churches, we don't, we don't see what God wants to do. I ask this question, you've been hurt by religion. You've been hurt by the church. And I tell you, if people were to, I, I love churches. I grew up in church. I, I have friends in church. I have a lot of friends that are pastors, ministers, preached in a lot of churches, and I know a lot of great churches. And I'm not calling every church out. I'm not even saying names. That's not the kind of person I am. 
But I could tell you that there's a lot of places where a lot of churches where if for, some, if for, for one moment they would put their tradition or religion aside, God will do a work in their ministry. God will do a work in their church. And God will bring healings that will manifest itself like never before. Anybody hear me this morning? It says, then Jesus asked him, which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save life or to kill? They remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed of the, at, at their stubborn hearts. He said to the man, stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. Stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. See, Jesus was able to break his religion, break his tradition for a moment just so that he could see someone else healed. I can tell you this right now. I never want to be the church that is so preoccupied with how the things are that we're, so, we're, so, we're not worried about how things could be. We have a vision ahead of us. We have people that are, that are desperate and broken here in the city of Houston that just need to know Jesus. And I never, want, I never want to be a church that's so preoccupied in what we are. I want to be preoccupied in where we're going. I don't, I don't want to say, oh, that's what we, oh, that's how we've always done it. No, no, I want to say, how can we do that better? How can we bring more people? How can we change lives? How can we, uh, how can we minister to people? How can we restore families? How can we restore marriages? How can we bring children back to church? How can we... Get people out of bondage, out of slavery, out of God's. Uh, how can we get people that are least likely to come to church to come and experience the move of God that he's doing? I want to be a church. I want to be a church that's different. We've launched, it's been two months since we've been launching, launched our church and time's flown by and people are coming and I see what God is doing in the lives of people. And I see how, man, half of our team probably uh, had, a, had a bad experience of church before and how God has restored families already and how God has already changed the hearts of people even in just a couple months. And people have, that didn't go to church, now they're connected to a church. People that maybe it had been a while since they've been to church, now they found a church and this is their home. And, but they're not just here at a home. They have a mission. They're willing to work and serve and give and, and and do everything so that other people can know Jesus as well. I want us to get rid of some of the mentalities we have because what happens is they don't work anymore. We put rules. Put rules on the children, the next generation. Just because that's the way we grew up. That's just the way we were. I heard someone say it like this before. It's like you can either lose your traditions or lose your children. Which one do you want? Which one do you want more? Which one do you want? You can have your traditions or have your children. Which one do you want? And what happens is most people, I know a lot of people my age grew up in church. They would hate to come part of the church that they grew up in. And this is why we love a fresh start, a new church. I'm not dogging churches. I love church. I love people. I think some people get it confused sometimes. Have it a little bit wrong at times because that's just the way they know and that's what they've been taught and that's all they know and that's, they, they, they stay right there. But when you look at the God's word over and over again, it says here that, that, the, that as soon as he started doing this, they began to plot to, 
They, they began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. They, it was them that started to kill that, that, want, that planned to kill Jesus. It was them that crucified our Savior. It was the church people. It was not malicious uh, uh, murderers. It was not assassins. It was not thieves. It was people in the church that killed Jesus. Think about that for a second. It was church people that killed Jesus. How many times do we kill Jesus even today? That we, with our religion, with our rules, with our regulations, our stipulations, you can serve God, but you can't do this. Or you can serve God, but you can't do that. I want to fulfill. I want to be in God's grace and love. It does not give me permission to do whatever I want. No, but because God set me free, I choose to live different. I choose to live holy. I choose to be set apart. That's why we do things we do. But it's not stipulations we put upon someone else. It's not what we do. It's not the way it's supposed to be. And what God has called us right now to do is to be different. Different. So many people have been hurt by the church. So many people have been, been hurt by people because, well, they say church is about a lot, a lot about a, rule, a bunch of rules. And, yeah, there's some rules that you got to live by. And like anything, you, know, you, you look at a package of, of detergent or soap, you know, I'm somewhere in the bottle is going to say, do not, you know, do not drink this. You see bleach. Like, do not drink this. Of course there's some rules. What happens is when the rules become king over the relationship with God, we miss out on the healings that God wants to do. Can I tell you that God wants to heal people in this place? And I'm not just talking about a physical healing. I'm talking about an emotional healing. I'm talking about social healing. I'm talking about uh, mental healing. I'm talking about people who are broken in their heart, uh, people that are um, people that need Jesus, people that are empty, people that are distressed, people that are in depression. I, I, I want to meet people where, right where they're at, and I want to see people where they're at and, and see what God can do where they're at, not just not creating a religion. This church is not a religion. When people ask you, what religion are you? I, I don't even know how to answer that anymore because I don't know about the, what religion. I am. I know about a relationship with God and Jesus. That's who we are. We're a church of people that are broken. People who have been lost. People that have hurt or have been hurt. We're people that are here to help other people. That's the mission of the church. It says they began to plot to kill Jesus. It was that. It was that very much thing that killed Jesus. That was the thing that because Jesus didn't fly by the rules. Matthew tells us like this that Jesus he didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. See what God does. He, he in the Old Testament we have an Old and New Testament. The Old Testament tells us about all the old covenant, all the old rules, all the old law, and what it does is is in order to get to the good news in the New Testament, you got to know a little bit about the bad news first. How God judged people, how God worked with people, and God raised up judges and leaders and prophets and kings. But then in the new covenant, Jesus comes in, and he comes in the New Testament. Two-thirds through the Bible, he shows up. He physically shows up, and at that moment, Jesus says, I'm, I'm not about the rules. I'm not about the religion. 
I'm about the relationship. The word Emmanuel literally means God with us. He's with us. He hangs out with us. He's with us. He's alive. You can speak to him at any time. And this is the beautiful part about, about Jesus. The difference between other religions, the difference between us and Catholics or other things, is that we don't need anyone to speak to Jesus for us. We don't need a priest. We don't need a pastor. We don't need anyone to speak to Jesus on our behalf. Yeah, they can pray for us, but at any given time, we can talk to God. At our seat, at the altar, in our room, in our, in, 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 in our bedroom, in our car, wherever we are. We don't need anyone to talk to us. We don't need a saint. We don't need a pastor. You don't, you don't need me to pray for you. I can pray, of course. I would love to pray for you. But at any given time, you can open up your mouth. There's a God who intimately wants a relationship how many want a relationship with God today? Let's pray. Father God, right now, God, that you just begin to move. God, that you just begin to work in the hearts of people. I don't know about you this morning. I'm not sure who this message is for. But maybe you've been hurt by church, tradition, law. You just, need, you just need Jesus. You just want a family. Can I tell you the greatest decision you ever make is to make a relationship with Jesus. Maybe it's been a while since you've been to church. Maybe because every single time you, you drove by a church, it just frustrated you. Every time you walked into a church, it just frustrated you. Maybe you're here today and you say, George, I, I, I just want to accept my life. I, I want to accept Jesus into my life. I, I, I want God to change my life. I, 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 I'm not about religion. I want a relationship, and that's all he wants with you. If that's you this morning, is there anybody here today that says, I, 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 I want to accept Christ in my life and have a relationship with him? Maybe you've prayed this prayer before. Maybe it's been a while, but is there anyone here? I want to pray for you this morning. Because I want to accept Christ and have a relationship with him. I'm not asking you if you go to church. I'm asking you, do you know Jesus? Is there anyone here? Just raise up your hand really quick and we'll pray for you this morning. Second thing we want to do this morning, we always make two invitations. This is for the church. Maybe this is a wake-up call. Maybe this is us putting stipulations and rules in front of other people. And reality is we have to realize that, this, that people, people just need life. People need, need Jesus. I'm going to invite everyone to stand this morning. One of the things that we do here, at the end of, of every service, we come to the altar. And the, why do we come to the altar? Is because this is a place where, where, where we die to ourselves. And we let Christ live in us. And I'm going to invite you, and you could pray at your seat or you could pray up here, but no pressure. But I want you to come and pray. If you need prayer, we have a prayer team that, that can come pray for you. Something. 
something going on in your life this week, if something happening this week, I want you to pray. I want, we want to pray with you, and we, want to, we, we also want you to worship with us today. But I believe that this is the day of miracles because God is concerned with your healing as well. He's not just concerned with your rest. He's concerned with your healing as well. He wants to heal you. I'm going to invite you to sing with us and the band's going to lead us. And just worship with us today. Come to the altar. Just come.